0: Hello, I'm Mariette Sleiman, welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series of taking good care of yourself and others. Today we're taking a look at Reiki and how this energy healing method works and can help. My guest is Dr. Karel Piet van Eerden, Integrative Practitioner from Johannesburg. Welcome Carol Pitt.
1: Thank you Mariette. It's an honor to be back.
0: <laughs> yes. Just for our listeners, after our conversation, Carol Pitt will talk about his three best saints for daily life. And then it will be fun question time. Carol Pitt, let's start with what you do. What does an integrative practitioner do?
1: So, An integrative practitioner or uh, uh, an integrative medical practitioner would be somebody who uses different modalities for the healing of a person. So we do not judge any modality. If you want to see an allopathic doctor and it works for you, perfect. If you go and see a spiritual healer and that works for you, that is perfect. Um, If you go see a Sangoma and that works for you, by all means the, the idea is the end result is important for us. So um, an integrative practitioner then usually uses more than one modality of healing um, to, to bring comfort and, and healing for the person whatever the healing means for them.
0: One of the modalities you use is Reiki. You are an independent Reiki master which means you can both offer Reiki sessions and teach this form of energy medicine.
1: That's very true. So Reiki is such an amazing, amazing therapy. For me, it creates the base of any other healing modality that you would work with and it just strengthens it because it connects you to the source energy, if you want to call it that. So yes, an independent Reiki master would then be somebody who has had enough training to both practice Reiki on an advanced level and also to teach it. Now the word master is a bit misleading, it is a mistranslation. When they brought Reiki from from Japan, um, and we'll get into the history I think a bit later, the word sensei was translated into the word master. Now that doesn't mean that you are a master of everything or anything. The word master here just means that you have the ability and you've had the training to pass on the the Reiki energies to others.
0: Now if someone has never heard about Reiki how would you describe it to them?
1: Hopefully they wouldn't run away when they hear that we do this. (laughs) That's the first thing. So if they stay and they ask to learn more about Reiki um, it is basically an energy healing modality where at its core you learn how to feel less than light energies or energy blockages in and around the person's body uh, that we call the aura and how to then loosen those energy blockages or replace it with light energy or better moving energies and that in essence is, is what Reiki is.
0: Could you say something about the aura?
1: okay we are all made up of billions of cells and um, they made up or they, they contain different charges of energy and we know that when you have electricity there is a field around whatever is creating that energy so we have these energetic fields all around us now you have different layers of the aura and um, that is then made up of different vibrations and frequencies of energy. Reiki specifically works a lot on the third layer, which is the emotional layer of the aura. That is where when you see all these funny pictures of people um, with the the different colors all around their body, that is the third layer that has been photographed. So in the aura you can then see energy vortexes, or vortices, uh, called uh, chakras and each chakra then represents something else in the body and in the person you have thousands of chakras we usually work with the seven main chakras and those are the colours of the rainbow basically Um, in that also with all of the smaller chakras they create what we call the meridian system so each acupuncture point is a, a baby chakra that also has its own function in and around the body
0: and it all has to do with energy it's flow. It's all
1: energy flow,
0: yes. Yeah. So because we don't pay much attention to auras mm-hmm. we, we are just not familiar with that. Yes, sort
1: of but we are very much in tune with the word vibe. If you walk into a room and you get a bad vibe it is your aura interacting with other people's auras. And that's not necessarily that they are bad or negative it just means that there's a disconnect or disharmony between where you are and where that person might be. Um, so it's, it's energy that you pick up from other people and we run away from these words of aura and, and chakras because they are foreign and as Westerners we are not taught to work with energy. If you look into the Eastern uh, philosophies it's part of daily life. So there's, there's nothing inherently evil about energy Energy is just that, and it's what you do with that energy that is important.
0: Now, what are the advantages of having Reiki?
1: It has so many different things that it can do, depending on the practitioner and what they focus on. Um, The first thing is comfort. You feel a lot of times almost like a blanket has been put over you of just... Calm and peace. Other advantages of Reiki could be physical healing. It has happened that people have had miraculous sessions of of Reiki. As a practitioner I don't like making promises to people. I don't want somebody to come to me and say fix me. Um, Many many different things from that because that then infers that you are a healer and I don't believe that anybody is a healer unless you work on yourself so all a practitioner does is to create that space for for you to heal yourself or you are a channel for the the healing energies Um, one of the other advantages of Reiki of course is pain management And, and we see it happening more and more in hospitals that people are using Reiki to help people manage their pain better on emotional level is the release of stuck emotions we are living in a world where we are taught to bottle up and at some stage you just explode, which is not healthy, so Reiki can actually go into the the energy and we can help release those stuck emotions so that you can have a more flowing life.
0: How does Reiki work?
1: Reiki as a practitioner you get sensitized to energy and as you go through the different levels you then learn how to focus that energy on different frequencies.
0: And you use your hands when doing that?
1: Initially, yes.
0: Okay, yes. and then you don't touch the person's body when you're doing that?
1: That depends on the session that you are doing. I see. So, so you get different hand positions and if you do a basic, basic Reiki session um, you would touch the head because at some stage you would cup the head in your hands so there is some touch involved but also because Reiki works with energy you don't have to touch the person at all you can actually send Reiki from across the room Um, I was doing a a Reiki 2 class last week actually via Zoom and we could send Reiki to each other Reiki works a lot on uh, quantum physics principles and one of the principles that we tap into is that every atom in the universe is in constant and permanent communication with every other atom in the universe.
0: That's mind boggling. It
1: is mind boggling. I don't spend too much time thinking about it because I will fry my brain, but if we can work on that it means that distance isn't a problem and thus we can send Reiki anywhere in the world when it is needed. So as a practitioner then you would channel the energy, uh, pull energy from the earth and from source or universe or God, uh, whatever your expression of of that is, and it usually then comes through your hands, it comes through your eyes, it comes through your whole being, depending on how you focus on it and sometimes the, the, not the level but the form of Reiki that you have been taught so there are many different styles of of Reiki and then what it does is it lets the stuck energies move so it's sometimes like a, a clogged drain that we then just push the energy through
0: You mentioned the history
1: Yes, so a history of Reiki because we don't really know exactly what happened. Um, it does come from Japan and the story that was passed down to us is that Dr. Mikawa Usui was a monk, uh, a Christian monk, and his students asked him about hands-on healing and he made it his life journey to be able to do that because they said that if the disciples could do that and pray for people why can't we and he didn't find the answers in Christianity so he then expanded his search which was quite beautiful and he then found it in Tibetan writings so he went up Mount Kuriyama and he fasted there for 21 days and there he reached what the Japanese called Satori which is uh, enlightenment sorry and um, he then started doing Reiki and uh, healing people, or offering them the chance to heal. He saw though that people would come back constantly with the same problems, and so he started teaching them the principles to not have to come back. And in that he then took on the five Reiki principles, which originated in China. One of the emperors wrote these principles for life, And he just used them then for Reiki. So the the five principles of Reiki are just, they all start with just for today. Uh, Just for today do not worry, just for today do not anger, just for today earn your living honestly, just for today respect your elders and teachers and just for today show gratitude towards each living thing. Now if we take those five principles and we look at things like the Ten Commandments that's the exact same thing just translated in, in a different way. So um, yeah Dr Usui then started teaching students, uh, it was then taught to Dr Chujiru Hiyashi and he came from a military background so he put together Reiki as we know today in the different levels um, then he taught it to a lady called Mrs. Takata, Hawaii Takata, and she brought it to the West. Now that was just after the war, and
0: which, which war was that? The
1: Second. the Second World War, so for her to come in as a Japanese to America, it was quite daunting. And uh, you know Westerners we, we don't put a lot of faith in something that doesn't cost a lot of money. So she applied those principles and to become a Reiki master you had to pay $10,000 and that was, what, 30 years ago. So it was a lot of money, I mean it still is. Today we want to do things slightly differently. So when we teach Reiki the costs are not that. Um, It is there to, let's see how many people we can train, so that we can raise the vibration of everybody around us. She then of course passed on uh, Reiki to several masters, I think she initiated 22 Reiki masters, and then being Westerners we started fighting, Mm. who's the new Grand Master of Reiki, so from there many different styles developed, so you can trace your lineage back to Dr Usui, through your, your Reiki master usually, and many different lineages then exist, but Reiki also remained in Japan as a mystery school and those schools we don't know much about most of your mystery schools are quite closed. even your your western mystery schools are not they they have a public section but the the higher teachings are not readily available to us so Reiki has more than one history to me it doesn't really matter it's it's important to know that things that happened, somebody was taught how to use Reiki, and then it was passed on to people.
0: Yeah, and now it's available all over the world.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Karo Pitt, is there any science in Reiki? You did mention that there were some principles.
1: Yes, so I think the world needs to catch up a bit in scientific measurements, because a lot of times we say that I can't measure this thing, therefore it doesn't exist. And every day we get more and more information on, on how to measure things and how to measure outcomes. That being said, there have been studies that have been published in the, the peer-reviewed journals on the efficacy of Reiki, so they didn't necessarily understand the mechanism of, of Reiki and how it works, but they did see that it helps with things like pain management in hospitals. Also, uh, less recovery time. And then one of the most important things is the emotional coping mechanisms that people seem to get uh, better when they had Reiki sessions.
0: How do most people experience a Reiki session?
1: It's usually something that's very calming. Um, You might have an emotional release so, it's, it's different from person to person. Um, people can feel heat sometimes, others feel coldness, others would feel magnetism, others would go on journeys into realms that they can't explain, or they will go and sing with the angels. So, it, it's very specific to the person and every session can be different as well.
0: And are you always lying down if you have Reiki?
1: No, no. Uh, that brings us back to the the idea of the different hand positions and sorry I didn't cover all of that so a standard session would have you lie on your back and then at some stage you would turn and lie on your stomach so that we can reach all of the the energy points if you do what we call a long chakra balance you just lie on your back and that has a lot more touch because of the, the way that we work with the energy but you can sit in a club or in a pub and do a reiki session i've done that uh, where somebody had a sore knee and we we did the session right there and then so there's no thing of you have to be in a specific state or in a specific way to be able to do the session when we do things like healing uh over a distance you can always or even say to the person i'm going to use your th- or use my thumb as, as proxy and i will wrap my hand around my thumb and that will represent you. So um, then they can be however they want to be. The important thing with Reiki is always just to be mindful of the fact that you are receiving healing.
0: So you must know at what time it's going to, to occur?
1: Yes, so that's just an, an ethical thing for me. Um, working with energy means that I can send Reiki to anybody at any stage, but should I? And, and that's a big thing and for me I want permission so i would ask somebody can i do a session for you it'll be more or less this time and if they say yes perfect you do get practitioners who do send energy uh, to people who don't ask for it sometimes a family member will ask you know can you do this for my aunt or uncle the thing with that is that if the person on an energetic level doesn't need that energy from you the energy will then disperse to the people around them so it's not wasted but I just don't feel comfortable personally to just willy-nilly send energy anyway it comes down into the, the 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 trap of the healer where you want to save everybody and save everything and you forget that you're not there to save anybody yeah
0: And I've asked how the person receiving the energy experiences it, and when you are offering Reiki how do you experience it?
1: Many times I feel like a charlatan. Oh? Yes. I think that I'm standing there and I'm just um, wasting everybody's time and money because this thing doesn't exist. Um, And that is usually the session that the person will get up and have the most profound experience. So. for me, it's, it's healthy to always question yourself, especially with, with energy medicine and, and energy work. That being said, you go on some beautiful trips as well. So um, if you do an a intuitive session, so you don't have the, the set hand positions, your mind is freed, so you go on a journey. Or you will just be enveloped in this amazing blanket of love or healing, so it's also very different from person to person. One of the most intense sessions of course is if the person uh, refuses to close their eyes and they stare at you for an hour straight.
0: That is when you're working with them in the room?
1: Yes, yes. Um, I've had that happen once or twice and it's really disconcerting because (laughs) you are standing there with your hands over them and you, you wonder what they're thinking the whole time, so but it is what it is. So uh, um, every person, like I said, has their own experience and I think it's a lot of fear that comes up if you can't close your eyes with somebody else in the room, which then Reiki will assist with.
0: Yes. And what has being trained in Reiki involve?
1: So a Reiki practitioner goes through different classes and in the the Usui system of natural healing, which is the way that that we are taught, you have four levels. Uh, In Reiki one, you get opened up to the energy. The the beauty of Reiki is that we can all do it, and children do it naturally. It is just through time that we tell them, you know, you can't see colors around this person, that's not right. And we, we close down their ability to access the energy. So a, a Reiki practitioner or a Reiki master will unlock that root again. So just clearing all the gunk in your, in your chakras and your connection to the divine basically. So, um, yeah, Reiki one, then you get taught that, and you get taught how to just be the channel. I often tell people that when you do Reiki as a practitioner, you want to be the savior and you use your own energy, and it's not that. You are like a hosepipe, and the energy just flows through you. So we clean that hose pipe with, with Reiki One. Uh, we also then teach the, the hand positions. We teach you how to do self-healing, which is really, really important. You know, physician heal thyself. Um, you can't be a proper channel if you are full of gunk yourself. Then we go into Reiki 2, where you then get taught how to focus the energy on different frequencies. Um, there's a frequency for physical healing for example. Now we always joke in the West, we get taught the way that the slow students in the East are taught. Oh. Because we don't get to work with energy. We don't sit in Cesar from a young age and, and connect and sit and meditate. So they taught the slow students using symbols to help them focus and so initially when you do Reiki and you learn how to use Reiki we then unlock the first three symbols in Reiki 2 for you that's your physical uh, light switch we call it and then a mental emotional layer of, of healing and one that teaches you how to send Reiki over distances and also it's a spiritual healing that happens there Then we go into our Reiki Advanced level, which just deepens your understanding and connection with the energy and it teaches you the Reiki Master Practitioner symbol, which is an overall beautiful healing symbol. And then of course you can become a Reiki Master um, with time in between and, and extra studies and case studies where you then learn how to pass on Reiki to other people.
0: How has Reiki influenced
1: your life? Oh gosh, it permeates everything. You can Reiki anything, so you can Reiki your food. You can Reiki your car. That that's one of the biggest things. If I get out of my car, I draw the master, ah, uh, the, the the power symbol on it as a protection. So, Reiki has. It, it is such a part of my life that I can't really say that it has influenced it because it is, it's everywhere and everything. We are all energetic beings and, and Reiki is just another level of that or a deeper level of connection with that energy.
0: Now you did mention the laying on of hands and I was going to ask you if Reiki has anything to do with this Christian tradition.
1: Yes. It's a fascinating thing because it goes even further. So the, the laying on of hands was something that was taught to the disciples and they did pass it on. Again, when in, in the Afrikaans community, uh, most of us are Protestant if you are Christian and we've forgotten about the magic of Christianity because when you become a priest in the Catholic tradition, they do a laying on of hands for you, and to me it is very much like having a Reiki attunement, um, which is the process of unlocking the energy. When you become a bishop, you then also get the ability to bring other people up through the ranks and through the levels of, of uh, Catholicism then. so. I think there's there's a lot of study that one can do and, and similarities. Um you know, where did Jesus go before he started his ministry? And and some of the theories are that he learned how to do all of these, these energy modalities. Maybe not the way that the 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 Japanese did, but some form of that, maybe even some, some Kabbalistic training, um we don't know. But but what is it's very similar, like I said, the, the Christian laying on of hands and a Reiki attunement.
0: Mm. What I get from talking to you very often is that what seems separate isn't always separate.
1: That's a theme in my life at the moment. Nothing is separate. Um, We as personal egos think that we are separated from each other but we are all part of one And, and know, as, as God is everything doesn't it mean that God is part of us and we just forgot that there is actually nothing separating us it is just all illusion
0: hmm. where can people find more information on your work or reach you if they'd like to
1: okay so um, they can have a look at my website drcarl.com and also they can look for a company called Spirit Seeker so Spirit Seeker is where we share all of the the woo woo stuff which is so beautiful in spirituality Um, unfortunately sometimes you need to break down or or separate what you do so uh, no, Dr. Godel is more the 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 mind side and then Spirit Seeker is the energy side where we do Reiki and classes and ceremonies and all of those fun things so yeah spiritseeker.co.za also on Facebook Um, both exist as pages.
0: Yes, and and the websites, we will add the links to the podcast. Thank you. Now, your three saints for daily life.
1: Yes. Because I come from a, a traditionally Protestant upbringing, um, the saints never featured in my life because they were seen as, as wrong and, and idol worship and those things. So now learning about the fact that, you know, when somebody passes away, their energy is there to praise the divine and and to praise God. So we can ask these saints to pray on our behalf. Um, we still have to live our daily lives. So, so we have prayer time and, and focus time, but these saints constantly intercede for us. So the first one is uh, Saint Francis, and the prayer of Saint Francis is something that I resonate with so much that I oftentimes ask myself why I'm not a Franciscan monk, but um, it's about making me a channel of your peace. Um, I don't want to do anything other than be the channel for whatever needs to happen. And most of the time, that means that you need to step out of the way and just create space for, for energy. So, St. Francis is my one of my favourite saints. And then the second is St. Benedict. And St. Benedict teaches us to listen. And that is the first word of his rule, is "ascolta," listen. And just that, you know, we oftentimes get stuck in the idea of I have to give advice where people just needed to sometimes have a space to vent. Um, Saint Benedict is also the saint that um, we find on the Benedictine Medal, which is one of the strongest wards or amulets that we use in Catholicism against negativity. So um, his rule is quite strict and um, when people asked him to teach them, he initially said no, And um, they persisted, and he said, okay, and it was so strict that they tried to kill him. And um, from that then, uh, they they tried to poison his his wine and bread. And he made the sign of the cross over the wine, and the chalice exploded, or broke. And um, a crow flew and took the bread away. So that is why on the Benedictine medal, it says, stand back, Satan. Do not tempt me with your wiles, drink your own poison." So yeah, that is Saint Benedict. And then a saint that we don't know much about is Saint Michael Judge. He died in 9-11. He was the first person listed as dead on line uh, 11 uh, uh, And what Saint Michael Judge did was he spent his time with AIDS patients when AIDS was rampant in America and people had all these misconstrued ideas and he would just touch their feet and so St Michael Judge to me means that you can go into places where other people don't necessarily understand and you can still bring some form of
0: comfort. Thank you. Cool. And now it's time for your fun question. We've been talking about energy fields Now if you think about a loving and nurturing woman what we like to call an Earth Mother Mm -hmm. what would an Earth Mother's energy field look like in your imagination?
1: A lush green meadow and more than look like it is just the feeling of lying in that green grass Um, and just being so if you do that, and I mean, it's a, it's a practical thing if, if we do lie on the grass, you can feel how all the negativity is, is seeps out of you and into the Earth, and that is what the Earth Mother does for me, is um, she allows you to, to let go and then transmutes everything that is bad into something that can be loving. And she does that without judgment.
0: That's. Beautiful. Thank you, Thank you. And thank you for unpacking Reiki for
1: It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: To our listeners, it was really good of you to join us. And I hope that if you found this episode helpful, you will share it with someone you care about. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in upping your emotional well being, you're welcome to visit my website, mariettsneiman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear, and Helpful is compiled, hosted, and edited by me. And the music is by Mart-Marie Sneiman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.00.